It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. Sometimes it's nobody. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. And sometimes no folks at all. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar today, we're at Wool Wayfair on Fret Street, where they serve handcrafted food and spirits, where they have a whole new menu and a radically new happy hour for three hours every day here between three and six. You can drink for half price. All these amazing cocktails are half price till six o'clock. You can get completely plastered, then have dinner. The appetizers are half price as well. Wayfair is on Ferret Street in Uptown, New Orleans. So listen, this is what's going on around here. Oh, listen, I've got to tell you about this, you guys. Kristen Bradford is here. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Hi, I'm ha- doing good. You look awesome. I haven't seen you in about, how many years has it been yeah, since you are on Happy Hour? A couple of years, at least. Move in so we can, couple of everyone years. else can hear you Can you too. hear me so, now? Yes, can you I can hear, me hear you. Now? Great. Yes. And since I saw you last, you've had like a whole makeover. Yes, I changed my look a lot. Yeah, what was your look last time? Um, I think my hair was just longer. Might have been purple, I don't know. Yeah, it might have been. And what's your look now? Um, short, got a buzz side, going for some 90s vibes. 90s? Yeah. You're going for a 90s look? Mm-hmm. It look? You look fantastic. Thank you. Doesn't she, Andrew? I feel yeah. good. Yeah, Andrew Duhon is here. Yes. And here's the fabulous <laughs> Leon Morris. Hey, Leon. Hey, nice come, to be here. Come on in. Now, can you hear me okay? Not yet. Now, how's that? Yeah, how do I sound in your headphones? Loud enough? I can hear you nice and clear. Okay. Leon, this is Chris Bradford. Hi. Hey, Chris. Nice and to meet you. And this is Andrew Duhon. Hey, man. Andrew. And I'm Grant Morris. Hey, so, Leon just got off the plane from Australia. Oh, cool. nice. <laughs> How long well, a few days ago. I, I, I got it, landed, landed here before Jazz Fest. So, right. So, uh, you've been here a few days. Nearly a week now. Nearly a week yeah. now. So, we have to do, we're going to all do this accent by the time yeah. the show's over. Right. Right, right, mate? All right, mate. Here we are. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome to, uh, to New Orleans. Leon, you've, this is how many times you've been here? About 100? Uh, oh, right. 22 years I've been coming, but I don't know how many in that in that period. So a lot, quite, yeah, a lot, maybe enough. 44, maybe if you'd been t- every yeah twice was, a year, that'd be 44 times. What was your favorite jazz fest act so far this year? Yeah, Terence Blanchard was just playing mm. off the planet this year. Nice. I couldn't believe how good he was. Really? It just feels like he's gone to a different level. Mm. From uh, yeah, so what were you he, smoking? I wasn't smoking. <laughs> Nothing. I was so just, I was just enjoying them. I've just been watching Terence for a long time, and mm. just there was he's something about the gig. Yeah, there's just something. He's just got to a different level. So who do you get weed from when you come here from Australia? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you don't get any weed at all? You've been coming to Jazz for three years. I can, I, can just, I can just smell it. <laughs> <laughs> you can get contact time. You've been coming here for 22 years, and you don't have anyone to buy pot from here yet? Uh, you know, if I needed it, I could, people would give it to me. You know, it's yeah. a friendly place. It is. Where, do you, where do you stay while you're here? I stay in Lakeview. I've been staying with the same family the whole time. I right. sort of, well, they must like you. Yeah, I feel like it's my, uh, you know, my Cajun family here. So All right. they, are they Cajun? They are, yeah. So what's what's last name? Cajun family. Schwest. That's a pretty well-known name. Oh. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Those people are, are they the people that own the oil field company? And no, the they're, re- and they're, re- they're relatives to, the, they're they relatives to those people. Do they so. have tons of cash? And no. Uh, <laughs> but they've got tons <laughs> of tons of good good hospitality and good humour. Look at the bartender's back over here. Can you see this? This woman is wearing a totally, this is a great day over here. A totally like backless outfit. And Graham Ponte, our fabulous producer, is here as well. Hey, 
Hey, I'm, Graham. I'm on. Oh, there you are. You're on. Can you hear it's me? It's good to yep. see I'm you. Good? Yeah, yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't often have... Well, yeah, very good. We don't <laughs> often have Graham on the show, but, but our other guest who is going to be on the show today is a New Zealander. Okay. And he couldn't get here. Is it... Okay, so we've got that under control. So can you believe it? We were going to have a Kiwi, two Kiwis. I'm from New Zealand, and we're going to have him and me and It you sounds like some kind of a joke, two Kiwis and an Australian walk into a bar in New Orleans. Exactly. <laughs> so he might show it, but he's flooded out at his house. He's apparently. flooded out, a real good thing, because Grant was fussing at me for two Kiwis and an Aussie, so... I said yeah. to Grant, why did she book two Kiwis and an Aussie on the same show? Isn't that crazy, but... Everything works Everything out, works out. Does. for a reason. For a reason. But yeah, there are crazy roads out there at the moment. Man. Uh, it took me so a long time to get here today. Yeah, so if you're listening mm. to this on some other day or some other planet, uh, it's been raining like insanely here in New Orleans today. So all of us were flooded out. I'm going to tell you about Uber, by the way. If you're listening oh. to this, in case you don't listen to the rest of the show, yep. check this out. If you haven't downloaded the Uber app yet and you want a free ride somewhere today or anytime you're listening to this, download the Uber app and in the like coupon thing, write Happy Hour NOLA. And you get a free ride wherever you are, up to 20 bucks, which is a long way in New Orleans. You can go across New Orleans all the way. That, that is the coolest thing. I Isn't had no great? idea. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. Uber's hooking us up. So wherever you are, if you haven't downloaded the Uber app yet and you want a free ride from wherever you are. I downloaded it today. Well, well put Happy Hour Nola in the coupon code, Grant. <laughs> but I already, I already went, you know, I already set it up. No coupon code. Delete it. <laughs> I don't know Start if that's over. okay. Can you well, do that? Well, if you haven't requested a ride yet, I, mm. I bet you could Good point. Yeah. And did you, as long as you change the email address that it's associated <laughs> with. I think it comes straight through, yeah. No, but if you associate with another email address, so suppose it was like just your regular email, Got it. just make, no, don't make one up, because you need... Just get another one. Just use a, use your INO broadcasting I, one, and it forwards to your... That works. Yeah, that'll yeah. do it, and then you get your free Uber ride. I'm sorry. Totally. I'm same, doing it. Same with you, Leon. Do you have an Uber yet? Uh, we, uh, I'm not, I don't need it. I've got, I've got a rental here. We've got it in Australia, sure. Yeah, but you've got a rental, mm. but this one time you could leave it at home. Yeah, it's a great idea. You get a free one. We'll, yeah, we'll just keep getting charged up, and... And uh, yeah, get the free, take it get a we free go. one back from. Yeah. Uh, who do you come here with? Just by yourself or what? By myself, but I, I I meet up with a whole lot of friends from here and from New York and from London and right. So we, yeah, same yeah no, normal thing. Same crowd's been coming for twenty plus years. Mm, it's the same so people come every time. It, anyone it anyone died or anything in the in yeah. As a, it's it's uh, <laughs> sad that you mentioned one of my best buddies died a couple of years ago. Oh, what And time? he'd been coming. Uh, he had cancer, but he'd been oh, but it. he'd been he'd been coming here for thirty odd years. He was wow. a very famous photographer, uh, David Redfern, an English, the doyen of English jazz photography. Died a couple of years ago. Very well known in the town. Good for, the, good for business for you, though, right? No, one of the one of the competitors <laughs> is dead. No, it doesn't quite work like that. You start calling yourself David Redfern. Who would know? Right? Take away well, that identity. Uh, people know I work. With, people know we were buddies and work together. But he 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 did the Louis Armstrong stamp. You know the stamp collection. Did the oh, Louis really? Armstrong Thelonious okay. Monk stamp. He's right. you know, he, he photographed a lot of the icons. So yeah, his spirits around like a lot of other people. It's uh, you know a lot of people you know passed here. But right. one of the great things here is how people in you know uh, joyously celebrate people's lives. So we do. We celebrate. Yeah, yeah. We just did that print second line. That was did amazing. You, did you go to that? It was incredible. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. There was been a David Bowie one now and a Prince one in the, mm-hmm. like, the last few months. Right. We lost lost a couple of legends recently. So, Chris, right? are you playing anywhere these days? Because 
I I'm just, actually taking a break. I hemorrhaged a vocal cord a couple of months ago, so my... That, we're looking for a new album title for Andrew's new album, that's it. Yeah? I hemorrhaged a vocal cord. <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah, that that's, sounds that's awful. a great what, thing for a singer, right? How did you right? do that? What does it's it mean? It's just an injury, man. Anybody can do it, um, even if you aren't a singer, but I am a singer, so it's worse for me, but... Mm. Yeah, just I kind of woke up and was having some issues even speaking and went to a doctor here, this guy, Dr. Spector, who works with a lot of the singers here. He's fantastic and just said I needed to shut up. So I mm. did. I was silent for a month. What? No words. I carried around Didn't a dry speak. erase board. Yeah, I was quiet, man. Yeah. I wasn't trying to risk it. So for a month? Yes. A month of silence. What was that like? Actually? Amazing. Was it fantastic? It was great? so good. Or? You know, it was a right. great way to just um, be reminded that I needed to slow down and I needed to take care of myself and force me to be really good to myself. So, What happened when you go somewhere, like to buy groceries or just, you know, get a cup of coffee or something? Um, you know, I, I had friends that would come with me if I needed, you know, wow. but you can kind of get around. You figure it out. Yeah, like I, mean, I said, I literally had a dry erase board. Because so like, there's, there's mutes, you know, who mm -hmm. spend their lives this way, you know, and not everybody knows sign language. So these right. things, you know, it's not alien to humanity. You know? Yeah. You kind of get hip to the second language of life. You know, there's like, we speak in other ways other than just with words. So what's it like that when you go to like, you know, the supermarket and everybody wants to talk to you at the check, even the checkout person says, thank you. Or, Good yeah, what's, your, what's your mannerism to show people yeah. you can't talk? I'd, I just would be like. You know, kind of like hand under the chin, like, nope, can't do it. Wow. Or just, wow. I would mouth things, like, and people yeah, can yeah. understand that. Like, yeah. And then they think that you just are, like, slow, you know, or that made people feel like they also couldn't speak. So they would, like, try to, like, <laughs> no, you can still talk. Like, I just can't speak. Your voice works, but... It was a, a social experiment, you know. Very interesting. I hid for, like, the first three weeks. And the last week I started, like, going out a little bit more, but... I've been talking like two and a half weeks now, so. So what was the first good. thing you said when you started talking? I can speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So does it hurt? It doesn't. Yeah, I'm like my voice just gets tired. I'm like starting from the very basics, though. I'm like, literally like, singing one note, trying to just make sure everything's right, you know. So I'm in voice therapy for my speaking voice, and my singing voice. Wow. Oh, it's intense, but it's necessary, mm. you know. Wow. Well, how, but how did you actually do that? Do you know how you did it? Um, it can happen for several reasons, you know, from singing too much, speaking too loudly. I think I had a combination of things. I think physically, uh, like I have acid reflux. I have some things that kind of work against my instrument already. Hmm. Um, but I feel like it was, you know, a lot of things, not just one thing. Body, mind, and soul kind of situation. So I've been treating all of the above. You, were you, like, stressed out or something? Like um, I wasn't place? taking really good care of myself. You know, I was, for Mardi Gras, I worked, like, 12-plus hours. And not, yeah, for Mardi Gras, 12-plus hours. I was singing on top of that. Typical musician stuff where you're just, like, not sleeping and trying, like, what people are doing right now during Jazz Fest, just, like, running crazy. And in this city, it's really easy to do that, you know? Right. So I um, just had had one day where I like had three seizures in one day and like it, seizures. seizures yeah that's that's a whole nother oh, just man. situation I deal with but yeah so you it had, got you've had that for a long time too 
I, yeah, I was sick for like two years unexplainably with seizures, and I had to quit. I was in school at the time, had two bands, doing all this stuff, and just had What to was stop. that diagnosed as? Epilepsy um, or something else? I was misdiagnosed as epileptic, and then they put me on this medicine. I couldn't read. You know, just like the side effects were so severe. And, um, What's that called? I don't even remember what it's called now, but it's also something that... Can you that, get like, a hold of that? Cause that yeah, I mean, it, it was good. kind of interesting, you know? <laughs> but it's not necessarily read. what you I've want. had that, but yeah. I wasn't prescribed but you by weren't prescribed anything that stopped wow, it. Wowee. So what, what did they... So they misdiagnosed you as epileptic. Mm -hmm. What was the correct diagnosis? Well, at the end of two years, like, I went to the Mayo Clinic, and they were like, we don't know enough about mind and body connection. Hopefully it goes away. And then okay, they sent me to... One. <laughs> yeah, they sent me to a cognitive therapist good, here. Cognitive therapist, what is that? And mean? just, you know, it's behavioral therapist to see if it was something, you know, psychological going on, whatever, even though I'd already had all these evaluations. And my first visit with her, she said, I think you need to see a neurologist. And I was like, I'm done. The end. Like, I'm done with you guys. Like, I've done two years of doctors. Nobody seems to know what's going on. I'm just going to... But a neurologist is a person who physically looks at your at the human brain, right? Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. that would have been the first thing to do. Well, that's why I was... I, I had seen a neurologist, and that's why I was misdiagnosed as epileptic. So you see, it was just like this circle of like nobody having right. answers and me still having issues. So um, So were you hoping it was psychological? No, I just wanted an answer, man. I didn't... I mean... And what would be the psychological cause of... If you've had, you like, severe trauma, like maybe you've been sexually abused or, like, beaten as a child or you've just had something traumatic, you did, know, did, so your body will manifest these did that happen to psychosomatic you? issues. No, I mean, I haven't so had... So it wasn't that. Mm-mm. Um, but, you know, I, like, where I'm at now in the process of everything, I do firmly believe that, you know, we uh, emotionally house things that we're not aware of, you know, and... I think as a child for me, I always had everything together and I was always kind of like, I'm the oldest, kind of taking care of everyone and, you know, just in general seemed to um, stuff a lot of the things that I'm feeling, the things that I'm, I need to deal with that I don't necessarily deal with. Um, and I just think the mind and body and the spirit are connected and, and we as a society, uh, especially in the States, we don't address those things as a whole. There are people that do, but you kind of got to seek it out. So. I've been seeing a nutritionist and like holist, just like a more holistic approach to my overall health, you know. So have the seizures stopped? Um, well, like I said, I got really sick, you know, for Mardi Gras because I'd pushed myself, you know, I'd right. exerted myself beyond what my body could handle. So I, I feel like I'm learning ways to kind of manage it now. What was better, having seizures or having a hemorrhage? I would take the seizures because <laughs> I know what that is. Like, I know it'll pass, you know, and it right. doesn't really hurt. It's like, okay, I'm just going to, like, shake and then, like, <laughs> you know, I'll be okay. And with my voice, I'm like, I right. was just terrified yeah. that I wouldn't be right. able to. It's the same. To, yeah, or even speak, you know, because wow. you, can, you can do that. So I just wanted to, to get right. Well, know? hopefully you're at the end of all of it now. There won't be any more physical ailments. I hope that I this is it. just, you know, I think... Um, a transition for me. I feel like I'm in I'm in a, a process right now, and it's it's slow, but it's like building blocks, and that's life, right? Like everything is just one step at a time. Um, and it's easy to get away from that, but I'm trying to be really patient with with where I'm at, and not. What do you think the lesson is here? The lesson I think for me is to take care, to take care of me before anybody else, you know, and and to kind of silence this idea, this illusion that 
um, if I'm not meeting this mark, whatever it is that I'm failing, like mm -hmm. just being here, just the fact that I'm physically here, that I'm present in this body, it's a blessing and, and it's not on accident, it's on purpose. And like just the fact that we like lost Prince and we've lost all these mm -hmm. amazing people that like totally have transformed humans' lives, you know? Um, as long by as I'm being here, themselves, yeah. by being them, and mm. if I, yeah, and if you veer away from you, I think it makes you physically ill. I mm. think it can just make everything shut down. I think it can cause I'm kind of weird, but like cancer, all these different things, it just gets lodged in your body, and it's hard to break away from it. So for me, the lesson is just to take care of me. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Leon? Well, it's uh, you know, I think staying true to yourself is you know, a key to it. And I think you know, the reference to people like Toos and Prince and you know, some of these great legends who've passed and you know, the, the spirit and the feeling of them stays with you. So mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a, it sounds like an extraordinary trauma you've gone through, but um, you know, amazing to sort of be able to get your head straight and work out where you're going. Mm -hmm. And I think you can draw on some of those great people, you know, people I've... I remember, you know, I've seen some great artists and over the years and... You know, they stay with you. Miles Davis and mm -hmm. Nina Simone and you know, people like that are just deeply embedded in, in my psyche but in the world psyche. And, and you know, it's good to hear you thinking that through and coming through what, what sounds like an awful trauma. Yeah. And it's such a good lesson. I love what you just said about, you know, just taking care and, like, not letting all that stuff get inside you and become and make you something that you're not. I just quit the worst job, and Carrie, if you're listening, I'm talking about you. <laughs> yes, Carrie. It was the worst job. My boyfriend, yeah. and it was a great job. I loved the work. I loved, I loved the work. I loved the people I worked with, but the guy that I worked for was just insane and made me insane. Mm. My boyfriend is from L.A. He's in town for Jazz Fest, and he said, I have never seen you so relaxed. You're so... He's like, I was not even really... Mm. I was thinking maybe this relationship was just a little too stressful for me. And he's like, no, it's perfect, and you're so much better. So, But yeah. tell, him, tell these guys what your job was. Uh, wait yeah, till well, you hear yeah. what it was. Well, it's... Does it stress anybody out? It, well, yeah, but it's, but it's good work. So I was a capital defense attorney, mm -hmm. um, and I represented people at trial who were accused of murders which made them eligible for the death penalty and mm. I had opened this project in 2002 with the same guy that I went back to work for and we had a great time for five years and then I quit and did something else and then I wanted to go back and he was like fine the minute I walked into the office I was like this is a bad vibe this place has changed and it really has so this is mm. people in this office right they're they're representing people on death row you were a trial attorney representing people on death row right Hmm. So what kind of management style would this guy Kerry, your boss, have that was so terrible? I mean, you think if that was the job you were doing, it would be a fairly noble cause, to say was, the least. He's a great attorney, and he's smart, but he just screams at people. Like, if you can't read his mind, he goes insane. He'll literally mm. scream. He, oh. Can you do an imitation red? of what? No, no, because I'm a, a oh, normal person. He goes insane. He'll throw stuff. He'll get wow. red in the face. Mm. And I just, and I was walking. He'll throw on stuff at you? No, at the wall. Just a, that's what terrifying. Kind of, it's terrible. What and kind was, of a fuck up would you have had to have done? You can't read his mind. You, you write something and he's like, that's not what I wanted. And I'm like, but that's what you said you wanted. And he's like, well, I don't want it that way now. And it was, wow. and I would walk on eggshells every day. And I'm so happy. I, you know, I quit without a job. I quit with no job. I like that. Yeah. It's so much better. Mm. You could go work with Leon. He doesn't do anything. 
<laughs> just wanders around taking photos. None of us do. Right. Right. Exactly. Of point. <laughs> we don't have a job. <laughs> Leon, what are you doing here? Are you taking photos of Yeah, I am, people? yeah. And I've just come from uh, Firefest, you know, just yeah. was shooting there. So, you know, when I'm here, shooting, I just... Shooting, you said, Shooting, right? yeah. Shooting. That's, yeah bang, it's, bang. Uh, yeah. Where was that? Yeah, I realise it's not not necessarily the best word, and, and photographers can be pretty aggressive in the way they behave. But where I was Firefest? Firefest. It's at Mardi yeah, Gras World. Yeah, Mardi Gras right? World. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah. what what is that? I don't even know about that either. You never heard of that, Andrew? Either, right? I've heard of it, but I wasn't well, sure. It's, it's it was. F-I-Y-A? Yeah, it's a benefit. Yeah, it's a benefit for the New Orleans Musicians Clinic. Ah, okay. So uh, you know, I like to be able to. You know, I'm helping support, ball, yeah. trying to support them a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, crawfish ball and three stages, but you know there was only one stage going this afternoon because of the oh, there was only one covered yeah. stage, but because yeah. of the um, flooding. Yeah, they've got some great, yeah, great acts yeah, there, but yeah, I should, you know I shoot. Uh, yeah, there I go again using the yeah, you know. No, taking, you taking, can say the word shoot. Really, yeah, you know. uh, taking photos at, at Jazz Fest day and night out to, out to clubs, what, right. know, whatever happens. So. so what's the deal at Jazz Fest? Do you have a pass like a media? Yeah, so you can get up on yeah. stage. Yeah, so, uh, so you must see well, some pretty good stuff. Uh, well, you get it's, around. well, the g- best thing about a photo pass is your access to the stage because yeah. you can move. You, you know what it's like if you're at Jazz Fest. There's well, so many great music at. going yeah. on. You you can move straight in front of the stage. So that's well, great. You, you've been coming here long enough to know mm. that you used to be. Everyone used to be able to do that. Yeah. Now it's so crowded, you can't possibly see a whole lot of music because everything's mm. so slowed down. But yeah. if you've got a pass, you can still zip around. That's and right. And, and when, I bring, when I bring friends or I help friends work their way through the jazz fest, it's a completely different experience because you've just got to map out your day. Yeah. Well, how so do we get to be your friend and get hold of one of these <laughs> yeah. media passes? A few, few more of these few media passes <laughs> would be a good start. Barking. Barking. <laughs> so yeah. how many passes do you get? Just one for yourself? No, you just get the one. Yeah. Ah, they're really tight yeah, like they that are, over they're, there now, jazz fest. They used to be so they're gold generous. Dust. The, the photo passes are gold dust because yeah. you know, we have our own area in front of the stage. And yeah. It makes a huge difference. Do you know the other photographers here? Yeah, then? a lot of people. A lot of us have been coming. It's mixed. There's a handful of us who are very good friends. But not all photographers are, uh, are nice, nice people, to Allison's be honest with you. Nice. She's our photographer. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a lot of We're photographers are quite... Well, it, see, let me, the, the photo pit is a really strange place because you, you have mainly guys in there who are really aggressive. They just want right. to get the shot and they're not really interested in anything else. And then you have everybody else who's you know, into the music, into the culture, and we're just trying to you know, enjoy ourselves, capture the moment, do it a little bit differently. And so there is a bit of tension sometimes in the picture desk between those two kind of camps of people. It's an interesting So these world. guys who are there trying to get the shot, I can understand how that would be if you were covering, you know, like, I don't know, the presidential election or, or, a, or a movie star or something. But what are you trying to get at Jazz Fest? Well, it's... A it's shot a, of it's Andrew a, Duhon, like yeah. the shot? Well, it's a particular cliche. No, you're trying to get Eddie Vedder so you yeah. can get him a Rolling Stone. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you okay. know, you're trying to get the the one picture which will so there be is on some the cover. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's some money there, but you can do it without actually you know being unsympathetic with the music. Yeah, mm. you know, like this. You know, if you enjoy the music, you're going to take a better photograph. But these, you know, these these is that guys. Right? Are, yeah, no, that's I a good so. sentence. That's your creative perspective. Yeah. yeah. If you enjoy the music, you take a better photograph. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Cool. Why is that? Because you feel, you know, because because you're not taking a photograph for a mu- for for ten seconds. You're taking a photograph because you love the music and you want it to endure and last for generations to come. So you think about it differently, and you and, you know, and if you feel the music, you kind of know when to when to take the photograph, when to move, where to shoot. It's a different it's a different vibe. 
Do you get a little tired of the same backdrop of the Jazz Fest stages? You know, just you got the rigging, you got that same height that you have to shoot that perspective unless you got one of those poles, you know, and then all you got is like people in sunglasses because it's sunny out, singing in microphones, which are just obstructions to the face, you know. Is this, does it ever get old to just shoot that, that sort of vibe? It sometimes gets frustrating and we often talk to, uh, we often talk to the producers about the, back, the backdrops yeah. because it, it changes the nature of the image. And the other thing that, you know, this is a message to all performers out there. Right. Do not wear white, you know. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, do not wear white. It's really hard for photographers to get the exposure right. Mm. Wear some really bright, solid colours. And the point of that is that a photograph is more likely to get published if it looks good and it pops. Right. So if you're wearing the right... So look at what Walter, Walter Wolfman Washington wears. Look yeah, at what right. Emma Thomas wears. Look mm-hmm. at what Fats Domino wears. You know, you, you get good photos and they get used more often Mm -hmm. so if you want to be in the media and in the press and that's part of the business think about it but yeah uh, particularly with the african-american artists and white clothes it's really hard Mm -hmm. just you know because you what you're doing when you're taking photographs is you're recording light and light off off a white suit and light off a black face are very different things. Oh, wow. just doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. Did you see Flow Tribe last weekend? I did not. They no. were dressed perfect. They were they popped. They were awesome. <laughs> They're friends of the show. They've been on mm-hmm. the show. We've had yeah. them on here. Yeah. Yeah, they they were great. Those are the homies. Was a, Amanda singing with them? She was. Yeah. She looked great. Uh, I guess so who have you colors. seen at Jazz Fest this time who you totally loved? Other than Terrence Blanchett. Yeah. Uh, Jack, I thought uh, Jack Dejanet was uh, yeah, was 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 great. I've, I've always loved Jack. He's a, he's a dr- great drummer. drummer. Yeah, one of the great jazz drummers. Um, and I think the person who really I couldn't actually see her gig because uh, there was something on it. It might have been Dejanet. No, it was Herbie Herbie Hancock was on it at the same time as Rhiannon Giddens. But I went to her interview. Uh, so oh, you know, on yeah. the Alison Minor, which right. I actually think if people don't know the Alison Minor stage is just a gem. You know, I always go to that stage if there's an artist I like. And Rhiannon was just uh, such a remarkable woman. Uh, that's you know, cool. Story she yeah, goes. that's so a great was, stage, yeah. and it has air conditioning in there, <laughs> yeah. which is Solid double bonus. Yeah. yeah, and so clean you, toilets up the top. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> so you, you, have, you have a new book out, I see, according to my notes here, mm. Leon. Yes. It's called. How would you pronounce that in Australian? Uh, we, homage in Australia. Homage. Or homage here. Just <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to be different. It's a bit hard for you homage. to look at it here. But homage. No, we can see it. Why no, is it huge? Well, it's, it's, yeah. a big, oh, it's, it's a, a coffee, coffee table, table size book. It's got, ah. it's got you know, 350 colour and black and white plates. That 350 go. photos. It's called Homage New Orleans. And it you know, goes through a whole lot of genres and talks about my experience in Oh, look at the New size Orleans. of that type. Yeah. You must have good yeah. eyesight. I couldn't read that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this... So it's a mix of uh, you know words about my personal story and trying to find the roots of rock and pop and how I pay. I'm not even kidding. Look at the size of that. What, what type? What size type is that? Did you have anything to do with the production? I'm not, I'm, not I'm not the. Dude, I'm not the designer. Look at the size of it. It's like it's like an ant. I think it might be saying that the photographs are more important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but really, you want people to read the text, don't you? Who yeah. wrote the text? Did you yeah, write? I did. Yeah. You wrote the text. Yeah. As well? Yeah. So, and I guess that's a little bit unusual about me is that I'm both a photographer and a writer. It's pretty hard to do both together. But yeah, sure. I is. somehow seem to have managed it. That's yeah. interesting because Graham is a great writer and the shittiest photographer you've ever seen. Oh my god, <laughs> that is true. And yet she loves music and she can't take a photo of anything. Yeah. What is, what is the secret to being a good photographer? Is there one or you just have to be born good? Give us well, some tips. 
worked yeah, much. Don't use your iPhone. <laughs> no, I actually, my friend who I talked about who passed away, the, mm-hmm. the um, David, Redfern. David Redfern, he used to say that a, you know, great photographers are born, not made. And mm. you, can, you can learn how to take photographs, but it's, you know, there's something. It's a gift, you know. I mean, you were surprised when I said you need to enjoy the music to, yeah. to take good photographs. But it is about actually, you know, there is a cerebral aspect to taking photographs as well. Right. You've got to connect with what you're doing. Where you, yeah, well, there's a science as well. I mean, there is. There's there little is. dials and yeah, things to move and, around on the camera. And it's, so I came from a generation of photographers that were craft photographers because we worked analog. You know, we worked with film and, and you had to develop processing and all that film. kind of stuff. Right. It's much less technical these days, but you, you need to get the technique right. You need to get the composition right, but you've just got to have an eye and a feel. And I don't think you can teach that. You can, mm. you know, okay. if you, uh, you know, it's a little bit like you know, in music. There's right. a certain sense if you be in a, a feel for it that right. you can't really teach. Yeah. But, but everyone's a photographer now. Every literally everyone. Well, that's what I was saying with the iPhone. It's yeah. like now everybody, you know. We're all photographers. And everybody's a writer too now. Well, every, well but especially Instagram. Everyone yep. puts their mm-hmm. photos. Do you have an Instagram account, Leon? No, I don't. So Why I'm is still, that? I'm still old school. I'm still harking back to the analog days. But it is really interesting that you know, 20 years ago, nobody wanted to talk to you about photography or technique or how you did it. Right. Now, now, everybody wants to know what is it that makes you different or makes you able... Because everybody thinks they can take photographs, and they can. You know? but, but the difference is that uh, a professional photographer needs to always, every time, take a good photograph. Yeah. An amateur photographer can take right. a better photograph than me, but they don't have to take a good photograph well, every time. You could help us out right now and do a service for the whole world or anyone listening to us. If you just tell everybody, how do you take a good photo of a plate of food? <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the most disgusting thing about no, Instagram, no especially. There's no way to take a photo. The fucking photos of food. <laughs> There's not one in the book. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it with people and food? Why do, like people, it. Why, do wanna, why do people want to take photos of half-eaten hamburger? You why? want someone to be jealous. Is that what it is? Yeah, why not? Like, look how delicious. It's halfway eaten. <laughs> I'm not going to share it with you, but I am going to post this picture. You so think you that's what it is? People are trying to my make people jealous of you, of them. That means, you know, some that's of it one, maybe. That's one theory, at least. I can't understand it at all. That at least is an explanation. Have you ever posted a photo of food? Yes, guilty. What was it all? Guilty. Um, Well, I was living in Beijing last year at this time, so I would like, I've definitely taken pictures of some of my meals, you know. Well, you were singing over there, right? You had a Mm -hmm. gig at, what is it, a hotel or something? Yeah, I was singing at a a hotel, and there was a club in the hotel, so. How great was that? Now, how did you swing that one? My friend, Sasha Mazakowski, did a similar gig a couple of years before I did. She, She went, and like the whole time, she was out there was just kind of communicating with me like this would be really great you should do this and she almost did another contract because it's you just kind of get contract deals and you can go back and forth and um, it just didn't work out for her to go back and then I kind of was in emails with these people and just didn't really think it would happen and then one day the guitarist who was also the band leader was like okay seriously come to Beijing and before I knew it I was in Beijing like what what did I get myself into? Where am I? Were you by yourself? Yeah, well, I you met my it. bandmates on the plane, and then I lived with them for six months. So. And who was the band? Who put it together? Um, this guy, Mike Knoll, he's from Boston. Well, he was, like, based out of Boston. I think he's actually from San Francisco. But 
so he and this guy, uh, Steve, and they were, you know, just the bass player and the guitarist, and we had a Chinese drummer who could not keep a beat to save his <laughs> life. There was no such thing as a pocket. It just oh dear. was really frustrating by the end of six months. He couldn't get it after six months. He's, well, I guess he I either have it or you don't. It's, it's what he was talking right. about. It's like an internal thing. Like we're from New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans, and it's you know our drummers here are out of this world. But it's something that's innate. You know, it's we have all these yeah. church cats that just mm-hmm. like can do it. You know, and um, why would they hire all these talented musicians but not take care of the drummer? I guess because it's not. I don't want to say it's like not about the music, but it's not. You know, you're just like you're. Um, God, you must have been exotic over there. Yeah, you mean yeah. People every, come to look at Chinese you as much as yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, they just want you to. If you literally like, you can go there, and if you have a decent voice and you look a certain way, then you can get a gig and just make a life, yeah. which is kind yes. of wild. Very different than. So, what was it like living there? Intense, intense. What I mean, it's, it's highly polluted. I was sick all the time. I mean, you can't walk out of the door without being hit by this yeah. taste of metal and uh, industrial life. Jesus 27 Christ. million people. Did you wear a mask? All the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you have really? to. I cried when I went to Europe after living in Beijing because I saw a sunset and I hadn't seen like a sun, like a real proper like sunset in so long that I just wept. Oh my God. You don't don't see the sun that often, or if you do, it's through a lot of smog. Did you tell any of these doctors that you saw that this is that you lived in China for six months? I mean, is it? Yeah, I mean, that that might have affected my health since I've been home, but I haven't. Did somebody mention it? Did you tell anyone that as part of your pathology there? No, I haven't. Hmm. But I mean, it's it's real. Yeah, I mean, you would wake up like there, I wouldn't drink at all because you wake up. Like you feel hungover because of the the From small all the toxins that are. Mm-hmm. Well, God, that's got to do something to you, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a whole. contract in Beijing again. You never go back. It's just not worth my health, you know. God, no way. But well, it I mean, was also really beautiful. I mean, it was amazing to be on the other side of the planet. And I'm intrigued. How did, the chi- how did the Chinese relate to your music? Were you just up there on the stage doing background music, or were they seriously into what well, you were doing? Well, there would be times. Yeah, they get crunk. They get real wild. Like sometimes, you know, they be just everybody gets drunk really, really quick. Nobody can hold their liquor, <laughs> so there's like a lot of yeah. And is it just is it men nothing. and women, or is it all men? What that come to yeah, the, come the to gigs? Show. Yeah, men and women for sure, okay. a mixture of both. But we were there five nights a week, so it wasn't a consistent crowd. You know, just for certain holidays, there'd be people there. But other than that, it's just like a, a bar and a hotel. You know, so sometimes we just be like singing to our. I'd be singing to myself. You know, that was the hotel depending. that you were living. In? I was living next to the hotel. It was in an apartment close by. So. Hey, let's take a listen to some, something you've recorded. Okay. Before we do, I just have to read these short messages. Okay. And then we can take a listen to We have something, right? Yeah, hopefully it works. It's something that I uh, recorded yesterday. Like I said, I'm in the process. So I have a, wow. a record that I'm working on. But this, I just kind of wanted to show what the process is. It's something kind of rough. But. Okay. So first of all, let me tell you about uh, the people who brought the show to us today, especially thanks, uh, first of all, to Uber. If you find yourself a few drinks in and you need a ride home, Uber is the smartphone app that connects you with a ride at the tap of a button. If you don't know about Uber, it's a safe, easy, and reliable request. 
Well, you, you can get a car at any time that comes directly to you. You download the Uber app, and if you write the words Happy Hour Nola in the promotions code, you get the free. The first one is free, $20 ride, which is anywhere in New Orleans. You can go across New Orleans anywhere from one place to another for 20 bucks. So you go to the, the, either the App Store on iPhone or the Google Play Store on your Android and look for the Uber app, download it, and write Happy Hour Nola in the promotions code and get a free $20 ride courtesy of us and Uber. Thanks to the basic swim and gym, we can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. Basic swim and gym is on... <laughs> Sorry. Basic swim and gym is on Magazine Street, which is hopefully not flooded now, near Jefferson Avenue. And if you go downtown a little way on Magazine Street, about two blocks, you'll see May's Guitar and Sisters in Christ Records store where you'll find thousands of records and books and a huge array of vintage guitars, vacuum tube amplifiers and effects pedals from the 50s, 60s and 70s whether you've never picked up a guitar in your life before or you've been playing forever you'll find a gem at May's Guitar and you can also see our friend James Hayes as well from the uh, Lovey Doveys who owns it it's on Magazine Street as well, just three blocks on the downtown side of Jefferson Avenue. And thank you also. And this is the most vital information you'll get today. Through Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover, go to the Hangover Destroyer website and write HD Destroyer. I know it's called hddestroyer.com. And write Happy Hour in the coupon code on that one, and you'll get 30% off of your first Hangover Destroyer. And you can seize the dawn. So that's the coupon code for Hangover Destroyer is happy hour and it's happy hour nola at uber so that's something to remember thank you to andrew duhon providing the background music let's have a real andrew duhon song after the christian bradford song what do you say sounds good and then also we have to talk about breakfast which we haven't talked about and also we have to talk about mr and mrs frank skurlock who are our guests from last week who we haven't also talked about yet but first of all we're going to hear a song from christian bradford
Okay, we're nice. back. Wow. Nice. Nice song. That's nice. just literally just an idea, right? You so just it's did not, that it's today. not mixed, it's not mastered, it's just all electronic. There's no real instruments involved. Right. Um, but your voice sounds great. Sounds good. Oh, Doesn't yeah. it? it? But it's, it's, you know, it, it's a pro- process. So. so we got to hear the very first, the very first version idea of cut. it. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, cool. Well, thanks for great. sharing that with us. Totally. That's so really fun. nice. What do you call that? It's called Water and Gold. Water and Gold. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's love, got a vi- does it have a, vi- a vague Prince vibe to it? It does, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, the um, person who produced the track is Chris Royal. That's my boyfriend. And okay. so, yeah, he's definitely heavily, we both are heavily influenced by Prince. Chris Royal and Dark Matter. How is, yeah, it, yeah. How is he doing? We haven't seen him for a while He's either. so busy. Yeah. He's home at like 7 a.m. every morning right now, like just... Okay, so Jazz Fest vibes. You so know? your name is spelled C H R I S. C H, yeah. He's K H R I S. That's confusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, not for you, I guess, because you're separate yeah. people. Uh-huh. Well, that's been a while. You've been a couple for quite a while now. Yeah, we've also known each other since we were kids. We went to Noka together. So. Okay. But yeah, we've been dating like five years. So yeah, that's a long a time. A minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's working out. Yeah. I guess it's good if you're both musicians. It's it's nice. Yeah, you kind of have to understand the lifestyle. It's a, not an easy lifestyle for someone who isn't a musician, you know, to date them. I think it can be a little bit more complicated, but right. it's a lot of Talking understanding. Of dating, what, we, what order are we doing things in? Mr. and Mrs. Frank Skurlock? Oh, wow. Or breakfast? You know, I'm, no, uh, let me just break in on this Mr. and Mrs. Frank yeah. Skurlock. So, Katrina's a badass. I don't know why they're not Mr. and Mrs. Katrina Breeze. You oh. know what I'm Well, saying? that's a good point, yeah, too. that's a good point. Aha. Uh-huh. Good point. Okay, so Leon, just to catch you up on Chris, mm-hmm. last week on our show, Graham books people on the show. You have no idea what's going through her mind, why she, I, I can't tell you. She could perhaps explain <laughs> how she decides who's going to be on each show. Anyway, yeah. we end up with these two people, Frank Skurlock, who is a, an ideas guy, who his family created the bouncy castle, you know, like the inflatable oh, wow. space Those are thing. fun. We, yeah. should, we should do the whole podcast in one of those. We should. <laughs> and he's a very eccentric guy who's... Got, made tons of money and just kind of does whatever he feels like and he has a lot of good ideas and one of the things he's doing is building a sort of Disneyland 2 mm. in New Orleans East and he's called Transformation Village and it's going to be sort of what? it's going to be sort of like Jazz Fest all year really? yeah Bouncy Castle Jazz Fest Bouncy, Bouncy Castle, Castle <laughs> I'm not sure that Bouncy <laughs> Castle is going to be featured but <laughs> be hard to get your it's an awesome that. idea though that's going to be Jazz Fest it's like imagine if Disneyland closed for 300 days it was supposed days. to be here Disneyland yeah. but imagine if Jazz I mean if Disneyland closed and you could only go to it for 10 days a year right imagine if Jazz Fest which is only 10 days a year was on every day 
a version of Jazz Fest. There's no reason we why you so couldn't do it. We have so many festivals here already. That's what so. he's doing. So Frank's building this thing. And wow. so Katrina Breeze is an artist who's she's founded the Bearded Oysters uh, yeah, marching yeah. troupe and she mm-hmm. makes paper mache like animals of the crew of Colossus at Mardi Gras. She's a, she's, and she's very eccentric. Her name is not really Katrina Breeze, of course. She has she's several names. She has a lot of various yeah, personalities. Mm-hmm. Fantastic caskets, she does. Fantastic caskets. She's got a business that makes you do-it-yourself caskets to get buried in. They're both very... Anyway, so they sat here right at this table, right mm-hmm. where you are last week. Yeah. And so at some point in the conversation, we said, are you sing-? I said to Katrina, are you single? And she said, yes. And I said to Frank, are you single? And he said, yeah. So you Andrew set them up on a date? Andrew and I said for a joke, well, this is going to work out great. Next thing I know... This is a week ago today. Uh-huh. Next thing I know, I get an email from Frank saying, Katrina is amazing. We're leaving <laughs> for Florida today. What? I'm like, I wonder if that's true or a joke. Then they send us, and look on our Facebook page, our It's New Orleans Facebook page. Stop. They send us a photo of the two of them with paint withdrawn in the sand. What? A heart. Did they fall in love? A heart that says happy hour. We don't <laughs> that's <laughs> sexual. And, and Katrina sent a message said, thanks for hooking us up. I have a bunch of other friends who would like to come <laughs> and have me out. Match make them, match make and them, make So make Graham, them match. Graham DePonte is responsible. And now the last email I got from Frank today. Possibly. Possibly. This could be a whole <laughs> new job. This could be a whole new job. Oh, yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. So now, anyway, now they're going to Nashville today. What? To launch iHeartAmerica.com together. What does that mean? I couldn't tell you. And then they're going to the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so, You've Andrew, that's all the three of us. Graham booked them, but really, Andrew, we have to take some credit. Oh, I think, yeah. Because you guys decided they'd go on a date? Oh, well, yeah. We provided the, the catalyst to the you, chemistry. You yeah. you know, we you were the enzymes it. in that. Oh. The, if it works Chemicals. out, if it works Chemicals. out, we did. Yeah. If it doesn't work out, we didn't then have anything to do with it. Then it's just We just happened to be on the same show. So, Leon, are you single? No. No, you're married? No. Uh, yeah, kind of. Kind of married. Kind of married. De facto, that's called in Australia, is it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah, we Yeah, we've been here. together a long time, but not, for, not formally married. But, you know, Do you get to be... No ceremony. Okay. Kids, but no ceremony. Oh, you have kids and everything? Yeah. So what's the hold yeah, up? Why, why didn't you get married? Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't you know, it gets in the way. But he's a super <laughs> successful photographer. I haven't even read any of this bio, Leon's bio. It's very impressive. Yeah. He's an award-winning photojournalist. You want to know any more than that? Apart from well, that he's... I'm got, not trying to marry. Got, you don't have to a, tell me. He's got a de facto <laughs> wife. He worked in London from 82 to 94. He worked for The Guardian, The Independent, The Observer, Vanity Fair, The New Statesman. I didn't even know they had photos on The New Statesman. Architect Journal and Enemy, The New Music Express, The Wire... Melody Makers and all these incredible magazines you shop for. Hmm. It's pretty impressive. And on top of it, he had this going against him all the time. He's Australian. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he still overcame that yeah, obstacle. Well, people kind of like it. People are pretty partial to Australians. We, They're know, always nice. Don't, yeah. don't, come oh, on. And all we my travels, I always yeah. meet Australians everywhere because you? you guys are everywhere. Yeah, and you're always so jolly. <laughs> well, they're, so most, nice. they're mostly drunk. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's why they're jolly, I guess. It's one of the reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you move to England? 
Yeah, I lived in London for um, 14 or 15 years. 14 so, or 15 yeah. years, yeah. right. Can you say that? 14 or 15 years. 14 or 15 years, right. Yeah. Andrew, can you say that? 14 or 14. 14. 14. 14 or 15 years. 14. It's so weird because I don't hear my accent <laughs> right. until you speak it back to me. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. Thing. sucks, isn't it? <laughs> I know. And people ask you, I bet they ask you in London too, how long have you been here? Did they? Or do, London, they don't yeah. give a shit. They don't care about anything no. if you're a foreigner. <laughs> They don't want to know if you're a fo- if you come from no, the colonies. They just all made really naff jokes about right. Paul Hogan. It was just so boring. Paul Every, Hogan. You know, that, yeah, remember Crocodile Dundee? Crocodile Dundee. Oh. That's just still going on about still, that. Oh, oh yeah, you know. Oh like my it's, god. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, it's old news, right? That's a knife. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good it was a great. I mean, that's where I learned about music. It's a great music city as well. Right, uh, it is London, great music. So well, there's great music everywhere, probably. Yeah, but everybody sort of passes through London at some stage. And, right, and ha- and going back in the day, uh, you know, I grew up in Australia where you just didn't hear any great music. It was just rock and pop. So London was the sort of first step on the journey, and. I ultimately, through New York, ended up in New Orleans because this was the crucible. Mm. So did that you was come here by accident the first time, or did you come here by design? Really, I can't. You know, I, it had been in the back of my mind, and I thought. It, so it was the 25th anniversary of Jazz Fest, and I thought that was the hook line. I sold it to an Australian and English newspaper. Got so, paid for? Are you yeah. getting these paid for these trips? Uh, n- well, now I work for, for for an agency that supplies to Getty Images, so mm. I get paid if my photographs sell. You know, and that's it gets harder and harder. Does it so, really? Why yeah, is that? Yeah, it's a hard industry because you're losing much, your eyesight. Or much more that? competitive, and really? uh, and we don't get paid nearly as much anymore. Nobody gets paid. Isn't that interesting that mm. everyone gets paid less now in the arts? Mm. Mm. Writers, photographers, musicians, everyone's getting yeah, paid less. Yeah, you're supposed less. to do it because you love it, not because you. Well, you do love but it. You have that. to eat. That's the thing. You have to pay bills. We can yeah. get away without paying bills. We have the bills. same expenses as everyone else does, except mm-hmm. you expect to get paid less. For some reason, I'm not really able to get my arms around that. Why, why has everyone's pay gone down in the arts? Because it's free on the internet. Is that what it is? Yeah. Mm. Everything, everybody thinks it should be free. Art should be free. I feel like it was happening before that, too, yeah. though. I mean... I don't know the the root of the reason, but I feel like it's been happening for a while. It's in all the arts. So it's in the radio business. People get paid less on radio than they used to get paid, and everyone just goes along with it. And the same with the music business and in mm-hmm. writing or in photography. You just expect it to take less money now from everybody. It seems to be like an agreement among everybody who employs artists that we're just gonna, not going to pay you guys as much. And it just keeps on going down and down. It really is interesting and not in a good way, though. And so it's the same in photography, obviously. Yeah, it's harder. I mean, you can still, you know, there are niches in the market you can do well. But I, I made a choice. I don't do photography. Full, I don't do photography full time anymore. I just do it, uh, uh, you know, at a number of uh, particular music festivals and when particular artists want me to work with them. But, what are you uh, doing full time? The rest of the time. I work at a university now. You so teach. I don't teach, no. I, I work in policy, probably is the easiest way to describe it. Policy and administration. Does um, anyone know what that means here? No. No? Yeah. Andrew? No? Graham? Graham's an intellectual too. She should know that. Do you know that? Policy administration. Have a stab at it. Sounds like, sounds like you make policy? Yeah. <laughs> ah. yeah. Well, I've got a title that, that you probably understand, for, but it operates in different. I'm called the chief of staff there. So Chief of staff uh, yeah. at a university? It's really, it's really unusual. Yeah. That's why, yeah. So, but it's wow. probably not what you think it is. It's what university is it? It's Latrobe University. You know, it's so a, it's a big it, deal name. It's 
I've heard it's, of it. Yeah, it's the number three university in Melbourne and it's a really interesting institution because it has a, a commitment to inclusion. It's always from it's from the you know, from when it started it's uh, very un Australian. No, for quite Australian. Its rationale was to actually uh, you know, try and bring people who were who, who were socially disadvantaged or might be estranged from the from the higher education system into the system. So, uh, mm. yeah, I like working there. And yeah, we've got a course of... Uh, we're running a course where uh, I think about 30 students are coming through New Orleans and Mississippi in the next few months to, you know, check oh, out awesome. the culture here. So, you know, and start That's to build good. those kind of links. So it's an interesting place to work. Yeah, and you do you know, hire people? Uh, are you the chief of not, staff? Do you hire people? No, I don't. What do you? You just? <laughs> no, we, the chief of staff works to the what, what what you'd call the president of the uni, university. So it's looking after the you know the reputation and the relationships that the university builds with hmm. different partners. So it's wow. Do you have time. Do you have plans for this Sunday of Jazz Fest for the second Sunday morning before the festival opens at nine? What time is breakfast? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Not yet. That's Wait normally till you hear I have. About normally this. I sleep at nine o'clock. Well, I would understand that you would need your sleep, but when you wake up, you'll need your coffee and your breakfast, and you can get both of those things at Bayou Beer Garden from 9 to 1 p.m., as well as some excellent music by Alexis Marceau and Aurora Nealon, and myself, Andrew Duhon, and the trio. Um, and uh, let's see what else. Oh, so there's a whole bunch of sponsors who are providing breakfast for this, so you can come on by and where it's you're free. sitting. Wayf- That's right, it's free, free to enter. Uh, Wake and Bacon, Wayfair, where we are, Katie's, Monkey Monkey, Mid-City Pizza, Pastiche Catering, and Bayou Beer Garden themselves are all donating food uh, to make this breakfast possible. And, uh, Isn't that great? Sounds great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So close to my house. I'm Too on easy. Toulouse and North Lopez. So Sweet. Yeah. Okay. Come by. Well, you and Chris need to get up and come over. Yeah. Come fuel sure. up, you know. Be so, part of this complete yeah. balanced breakfast. So it's Bayou Beer Garden. This is, so if you're listening to this after yeah. Jazz Fest is all over, it'll be too late. Yep. But this, the second Sunday of Jazz Fest, mm. and you can get there for free by downloading the Uber app and <laughs> writing Happy Hour Nola in the code. Or you can get from there. there to Jazz Fest free. Yeah. You could go from there to Jazz well, Fest. We could all free. share an Uber. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. good point. But morning music, what a great, you know, there's a club in Cajun country, I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Fred's. It a, Fred's, yeah, yeah. that famous Saturday Fred's morning session. Ramu. Yeah, and it's just a great thing to do to yeah. sort of walk in from a sunlight street and then move into a into a club. Right, so. and that's it. And you know, it, this uh, this Sunday it's eighty percent chance of rain currently, which I was a little bummed about. But then I thought about it. You know, Bayou Beer Garden's got plenty of covered uh-huh. outdoor patio space, and Aurora Nealon, and there's a, even a jazz band at nine a.m. So nine a.m. to ten a.m. with Aurora Nealon's trio is jazz from nine to eleven. I mean, drinking a Bloody Mary at 10 o'clock and listening to Aurora while the rain falls sounds perfect. It sounds, sounds very romantic, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's rain, maybe it's shine, but we'll be out there either so way. So are they going to be there rain or shine? I mean, the weather forecast is pretty inaccurate usually. Let's hope so. No one predicted this today, did they? In fact, we mm. got no, look, flooded. It, look, it's now it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Now it's sunny. Welcome exactly. to New Orleans. Hey, Andrew, play us a song while you're sitting here. All right, buddy. Mm. What are you thinking? I think I'll play you something new. I can see you and me Settle down on a couple acres A little family farm A little piece 
Picking them tomatoes The rest of me Just keeps rambling round You weather in the storm Of a love that's off and on I love you Then I'm gone again I'm stuck somewhere in the midway South Dakota is my best guess Somewhere between holding out And holding out my hands In no man's land So lovely. Isn't Thanks, that Sean. great? Andrew Duhon, No Man's Land, off the new album, I Hemorrhaged a Vocal Cord. <laughs> yep, that's the <laughs> one. We're going to collaborate. That is Collabo. beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, that's a good one. That's going on. I bet that ends up on the record. Well, see, so you think that about a lot of them. Yeah, I always say yeah. that. I love them all. Thanks, I guess buddy. you can't have, well, these days, because you could have a double album. There's no such thing. I just want to have a, I want to have our album. Yeah. And I think it was interesting about what Chris was talking about, you know, this idea that you know, I think a lot of people uh, in the cre—you know—people who believe in creating and believe in being creative. I think the world that we're living in, where it's so easy to see what other people are doing, can be really 
tough to consume and uh, and and navigate because your own personal creativity can seem slow and cumbersome and uh, uh, frustrating at times. And you can look online at any time and see the one person who's really got something going on. But if you have a thousand people in your stream of you know things happening, then somebody's always going to be doing something great. And you just need to keep in mind that you know the things that are churning out that are great, they are great. And uh, you can make something great too, but you need to take your time and you need to use your voice and decide what you have to say that is great or what you want to do that is that you feel is is you and and is great for that reason, and not uh, not get pushed to do it too soon or to do it a certain way because you keep seeing things on the internet that are getting liked a lot or something. You know? It's an illusion. Mm. Well, there's a great sense though that everybody is having a great life except me. Right, right, that's it. If you look at Facebook, Mm -hmm. everyone's all doing this and doing that and eating half an awesome hamburger. Right, their hamburger is They're off in China singing in a club and everyone's having a great life. You don't know that, you know, the the true story behind it. You're right. That's like a window too into just like perception. So I was just saying my book leads with a quote from Dr. John, which is, follow your heart or you're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, on that note, we're getting out of here. Follow your heart or you're fucked. That's awesome. That's going to be the title of today's show, except you get kicked off iTunes for putting the word fucked in the title. But we'll have to figure something out about that. Chris will figure that out, I'm sure. (laughs) Hey, thank you so much, Leon Morris. Great to see you here in New Orleans. I guess we'll see you back here next year for Jazz Fest. Certainly will. And Chris Bradford, we can't wait another bunch of years before you come back Okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, it's great. And our producer, Graham DuPont, is here. And Andrew Duhon. I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. Our show is produced by Graham DuPont and our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director and our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. We can also check out plenty of other hours of Happy Hour along with some other shows we make here. Out to lunch with Peter Raschuti live from Commander's Palace. True to the game with Chris True. Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans. Ray Canada. Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker, Milo's Music Parlor with Kim Vu, and the podcast about death, simply called Death the Podcast, with psychologist Dr. Arian Elfant. That is definitely worth checking out if you haven't done that yet, by the way. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook and be awesomely jealous about everything we're doing, and Twitter, and a bunch of other times sucking social media as well. And all of it we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by the fabulous Alison Moon. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher or some other podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. We do appreciate that. Take a moment to stop and rate and review us. That helps other people find us as well. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street where they have a radically new menu and a whole new happy hour from 3 to 6 every day as well as an awesome brunch on the weekends. Happy hours of production of Ido Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com for Andrew Duhon. You can see him at breakfast mm-hmm. on the second Sunday of Jazz Fest or just at andrewduhon.com if you've missed that. I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much on behalf of everybody around here at Wayfair and back at our office at I Know Broadcasting for joining us. We'll see you back here next week on Happy Hour. <laughs>